Good morning to you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I rolled downstairs, I think, to the surprise of my wife here this morning, a little before 6 a.m. because of the evening we had last night. (laughs) This whole podcast is going to be just restaurant reviews because I had three. Now, some of you... Some people who follow me on social media will say two. I thought I thought I saw you. You said two, Polly. I had three first time restaurant experiences in Rochester this week. One of them just last night, Saturday night at uh, Velvet Belly. I will come back to that. But again, as I said, I think to the surprise of my wife because I had a few last night at Velvet Belly, and I'm having one of those like weird surges of maybe I don't know. I feel like I'm 22 years old again. Kind of woke up feeling like a million bucks. Despite the fact that I tied one on last night. But anyway, anyway, we will finish with Velvet Belly. I'm going to go in chronological order. Where I last left you was last Sunday, and I was uh, leaving you on a sad note. I had to go to my grandfather-in-law's calling hours last Sunday night. Indeed, I did. <clears throat> I was so touched you know, that my parents from Ohio came to town to be there for this as well. Uh, My grandfather-in-law, Lou Bouchard Jr., was laid to rest then on Monday of this past week in a beautiful ceremony at a nice church in Henrietta. Now I'm going to kick myself because I can't remember the name of the church, but if you really want to know, it's in the obituary, which Democrat and Chronicle had the obituary. If If you Google Lou Bouchard obituary... From, you know, two weeks ago, you'll see the, the name of the church. But I, I just, I, the reason I bring it up is because it was a really nice church, uh, really nice ceremony. I was a pallbearer. Um, we got to the ceremony, or excuse me, we got to the cemetery. And um, as we're pulling into the cemetery, and I got to figure out if I'm willing to throw my wife under the bus here, because I did, I did volunteer to take the blame for this. But since it's just you and me here, <laughs> let's talk about what really happened. So we're in the procession going from Henrietta all the way up to like North uh, Rochester, maybe like even technically Greece for this burial, which means the procession was long. We were on 490. It was there was a lot. I mean, these guys who had to like block traffic really had to do their their work that day, and I was kind of surprised. I'm going, why do the guys? who have the job of blocking traffic for funeral procession. Like, what? why are we still doing that in 2023? Why are we letting a bunch of cars put their blinkers on, drive 20 miles under the speed limit, and cut everyone off in traffic, go through red lights and, and get on the highway and have exits and entrances closed to the highway? Because people just, what scares me about it is people just don't pay attention anymore. You know, people, I don't trust people texting and driving. I don't trust that people are paying attention. So, it's like, you you know, I think as long as everyone's following the traffic rules, we all stay pretty safe. It's usually when someone doesn't follow them. So to take a bunch of cars and go, yeah, these guys are exempt. They don't have to follow any traffic rules right now. It's just, just recipe for disaster. Anyway, we were fine. Everything worked just fine. <laughs> um, we get to the cemetery. My wife starts saying she's got to pee. She's got to pee. She's got to pee. She's got to pee. Now, there's a whole nother ceremony at the cemetery, right? Much shorter, but still, there's another 15 minutes or so, and I'm a pallbearer. Uh, but it is a military funeral, and so there is there is the uh, the there are a couple of active active duty soldiers. There's the American Legion. He was a Legion member as well, and um, we pull off from the procession line. Is that what it's called? We pull off from the line, and we pull into the office of the cemetery. My wife goes in and she goes pee, um, but by the time she comes back out, 
the line's gone. I don't even know exactly where I'm driving in the cemetery. But to be honest with you, I'm thinking they're fine. They'll figure it out. Finally, we find them in the cemetery. And uh, they are all, and I'm talking about 100 people, including a couple active duty military and the entire American Legion. They are all just standing there in, I am not shitting you when I tell you, complete silence. A hundred people standing in complete silence waiting for me because I'm a pallbearer to get there. (laughs) And of course, you know me. I walk through the crowd. I can't do it silently. I walk through the crowd. Everyone's waiting for me. Even like, you know, the one aunt is like, like waving her hand, like, hurry up, hurry up. And as I'm walking through the crowd, I'm looking, everybody's making eye contact with me. I look at everybody. I go, not one of you. Are strong and you got to wait for the big guy to come in. I'm, you got to bring in the muscles, huh? Not one of you guys has the muscles step in for me for a second, you know, something like that. And I got a good laugh, of course. <laughs> so we get the casket out, it gets rolled into the mausoleum. By the way, solid move by my grandfather in law, mausoleum. I don't know how much more expensive that is than just going in the ground, but I'm a mausoleum guy. Don't want to be cremated, also don't want to be left outside in the cold, buried. I think I'm a mausoleum guy. I really do. I think, I, I think I'm convinced now, especially after this funeral. I want to go to the mausoleum. Anyway, military salute is really sweet. I, there's something about that moment where they give the flag that the, that the coffin is wrapped in to the, uh, to the widow that just has always kind of just tugged at my heart. Um, and then I don't know if this is a military thing or a, a legion thing, but they do a, a, a salute, a gun, a gun salute, where they shoot three times into the air. And the shell casings, um, the shell casings that drop to the ground when they do that, they also presented those to the widow. And again, I've, I've never seen that part, but I just thought it was all really cool, really sweet, really, you know, interesting. Interesting to see. Um, then from the funeral we go, and now let's get into the restaurant reviews for the, the week. We go to Delmonico's, which I had never been. Delmonico's in Henrietta. Can never remember which one is east and which one is west Henrietta Road, but it's on one of those. It's next to a t- uh, an open TGI Fridays that I didn't know still existed, and it's across from MCC. And uh, Delmonico's is a restaurant that I have never been to, been in Rochester for 16 years. And I'm going to tell you why I've never been into it, because I drove by it a zillion times. And always just thought it was a chain. I just thought it was like a Longhorn Steakhouse or something. I didn't know. Now it is it is a chain, but it's a there, there's sort of a different a vibe to this chain in that it is an upstate New York thing. It's like Albany, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo. So you know, it's like one of those chains. It's not. There's not all over the country. They're not all over the world. They're sort of just in upstate New York. And then I did see they just have one random location in uh, Orlando as well, but. I didn't realize that, and to be honest with you, while that still does make it a chain, it kind of puts it in a different class for me, and I think, you know, it's not it's not Longhorn. It's not a chain chain. It's a, it's a regional restaurant, and uh, I'll support that. And so I, I went in, loved the vibe, the atmosphere. I thought it was great. Can't beat that location. How's the food? Well, I was part of a funeral, right? So this was the after reception for friends and family, and there was a limited menu, so there was only so many things. We could order, but I, I went full like I was on a cruise, and I ordered two things. Because if I'm going to go to an Italian restaurant for the first time, i got to have the sauce, right? So I said, okay, here's what I need. <laughs> I'm going to have the steak because it's been a long day and I'm ready for a steak. And this is an Italian steakhouse, and there's also a rule when you go to a restaurant for the first time. If there is the name of any food in that 
uh, in the name of the restaurant, you got to order that thing because it's obviously what they specialize in. So when you go to Delmonico's Italian Steakhouse, you got to order steak, right? Um, same thing. You go to a place called Joe's Burgers, order the burger. It's just a, um, just a sort of a, a foodie rule 101, I think. You know, that's obviously what they special in. Order that. So I said, okay, I'm gonna have a steak because that's on the menu. I'm gonna have a steak. But I said, can you bring me a side of whatever your your favorite pasta, whatever the, you you like for pasta, any pasta with some red sauce on it, just whatever your standard marinara sauce is. And do you make your own meatballs? Yes, we do, sir. And a meatball. Throw a meatball on there. So I ordered kind of two meals, and I got to try it all. Uh, what are my thoughts? The steak was fantastic. Mashed potatoes were very good. I was very impressed by it. The sauce, the pasta, it was it was good. Was it great? I don't know if it was great. It had a lot in it. You could tell they did a lot to it. I don't know exactly what they're using for a base for their tomatoes. It seemed like probably canned tomatoes to me. But, you know, it's December in Rochester. That you know, I'm using canned tomatoes to make sauce at home. So that's fine. But then it's what's in it. And their sauce had a lot of, like, stuff in it. And what do I mean by stuff? I mean, you know, like basil, parsley, oregano. It was just, like, a ton of herbs in there. And so it brought in a lot of flavor. But it was definitely, it was almost like I felt it was slightly overdone with that. But by no means was it bad. It was still very good. The meatball didn't taste quite as good to me. The meatball tasted like it was a, um, you know, like probably a, a pre-made meatball. I, I don't know for sure. But um, it was, but the restaurant in general loved the atmosphere, right? We have four tiers when we talk about restaurants. We've, all, we've talked about this before. I'll tell you again. Four things go into making a restaurant amazing. Atmosphere. Location. Food, service, okay? A really great restaurant will be a 10 out of 10 on all four things. In order to be successful, you need to be a 10 out of 10 on at least two of those things, and you cannot be a 0 out of 10 on any of those things. Delmonico certainly has location. I feel certainly had atmosphere. Service was very good, very close to a 10. And if anything wasn't perfect, it would have been the food, but even the food was a 7 or an 8 out of 10. And that's how restaurants last. When you go across those four categories and you can score that well, you're in a really, really good spot. But just going back to that sort of matrix of those four things or the rubric, if you will, of those four things, think about that for restaurants. I mean, that's that's it. Those are the four things. Those are all that matters. Atmosphere, food, service, location. Those are the four things. And uh, and there's plenty of restaurants, and the way we came up with that is years ago, I was in Fort Lauderdale with Brother Weeze, and we got into this big, long conversation about why some of the restaurants that are right on the beach in Fort Lauderdale just crush it despite having really crappy food, and that's sort of the day that we came up with that. We went, well, look, you could if you put a restaurant on the beach in Fort Lauderdale or South, anywhere in South Florida, and you're going to put tables on the sand, people are now sitting with their feet in the sand eating dinner uh, in 75-degree weather in January. You know, two two people from freaking Vermont are in Florida. <laughs> like, just picturing two people are on vacation. They're here from the cold. They came from Vermont. You know, she's a teacher. He works at a plant somewhere doing chemical engineering. This is their vacation every year. Now they're sitting on a beach and you're going to serve them food. That location is a 10 out of 10. The atmosphere is a 12 out of 10. 
if the service is halfway decent, they can get away with serving you freaking hot dogs and that restaurant's going to be popular, you know, just because they've got so you got to just you got to surge at least two, hopefully three out of the ten categories. And Delmonico's, I think, had the uh, had the the ability to not have a low score in any of the four. So liked it. I liked it a lot. Really a big fan. So Delmonico's happens. Uh, that's my Monday. Let me pull up my notes here. I mean, um, Monday night. By the way, it's not done for my. We're still in Monday here. Don't worry. We'll speed up after this, but. The whole thing that's been going on that I haven't told you about yet on Monday is I have a charity dinner that I have to cater for that night. So I have woken up this morning, Monday morning, and I have uh, begun cooking a giant Sunday sauce feast, rolling meatballs, making sauce, everything, pork ribs, beef ribs, you know, everything. I've got a giant pot of sauce that I had on the heat by 8 o'clock because then I had to leave get my son to school, and then get to the, the the funeral home so I could be a pallbearer for this funeral. So I was up first thing in the morning. I mean, literally, it was 4.55 a.m., I think, when I started making sauce on Monday. Left, went and did the funeral and everything, left my sauce on the stove, not, not the burner. I mean, I got it really hot before I left, and then I just killed it and left. By the way, I didn't come back till about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was still warm. So it kind of worked. I think that stuff really did kind of stew in there for a few hours. It worked pretty well. But I ended up getting back from Delmonico's about 3 o'clock or so. I take about 30 minutes to myself. I'm wearing a suit. I decide, you know what? Why would I change, right? I've got this dinner. I'm in a suit. I'm the, I'm the, the sort of the entertainer slash caterer tonight. Let me just keep this on. Why not? I, I look the part. Let me just keep this on. So I do. And... I go to this uh, this this gig. Now these people have won this uh, event through a live auction at Jiva Theater. Uh, I'm a big theater fan. I've mentioned it a million times at this point, but I sit on the board for Rochester Broadway Theater League, where I am also part of the experience committee, where I don't know if it's confidential or not, but I will say one of the things on our docket of things to do at RBTL here, uh, probably it's not going to happen this season, but hopefully for next season, is to have some cool new and different food options at the Auditorium Theater. Um, there is a rule with Broadway that has to be quiet food, something that isn't going to create a lot of distraction if somebody brings it into the theater. But uh, nonetheless, I'm very excited about that. So I love theater. I'm, I'm just I'm just a sucker for any performance. Anytime I'm going to be in the audience and watch somebody who has a talent perform for me. I am just an absolute sucker for that. Uh, and so I, I, you know, theater being the, the pinnacle of that, just love me some theater. So when Jiva reached out and asked for me to donate, I said, sure, I'll do a dinner. Well, these people won this dinner and I'm not going to say their names because I'm going to, I'm going to reveal some things about their private life right now. And I feel like as long as I don't say their names, maybe it's okay. <laughs> but, but, um, I, I look up the address and it is at a 4,000 East Avenue. Go ahead, look it up. 4000 East Avenue. This house is kind of over in the, um, I would say, like the Oak Hill area, maybe kind of near like Nazareth, Arondequit Country Club. It's kind of over there. And I'm like, holy shit. It might be the same thing you're thinking right now as you're Googling it. Holy shit. Look at this house. I'm going, holy shit. I get there. This is the nicest house I've ever been in by far. 
And I've been in some nice homes. I mean, the people who win these charity dinners pay a lot of money for these things. And I have been in some really nice homes. This house is the nicest house I've ever been to in Rochester. Now, again, I've given you the address. So I'm going to go ahead and let, I'm not going to give you the, the verbal tour of the house because you can go ahead and flip through it. But it's 4000, 4000 East Avenue. Um, there are three kitchens, a million bathrooms. <laughs> They ended up setting – there's a few dining rooms, a full bar. And when I say full bar, I don't mean full – a lot of houses have full bars, right? They get a little bar. They got a bunch of bottles of liquor. These guys had an actual functioning full bar to the point where if, when you walked into this room, you would have just – if I told you you were at a real bar somewhere in Rochester, you would have said, oh, yeah, this looks like a real bar. Like an actual full-sized real bar. Um, at one point – they leave the bar, and they are now standing outside on the porch. Now, again, guys, it's December. It's cold out. So I'm like, oh, my God, what are they doing? They, they've been out there a long time. And, of course, silly me, I'm looking, I'm going, what are they doing out there? I can't believe how long they've just been. They're just casually out there. They don't have jackets on anything. Finally, I get close enough that I see, because I was kind of using the kitchen in the bar to make my chicken parm. Again, they had three full kitchens. Um, so a lot of space. So I, I go in there and I kind of just take a peek out on the porch. Of course, the, pe- the porch has giant heaters lining the roof of the porch, basically making it so that you can stand on the porch in the middle of the winter and be perfectly warm without even putting on a jacket. <coughs> Unreal. Uh, the wine cellar is where they've set up a table. This is where they're going to have dinner. I got to use something called a dummy waiter. Do you know what a dummy waiter is? Okay. A dummy waiter is an elevator... Just for food. (laughs) I got to make their meals, put them onto this little elevator, and then hit a button, and it would lower down to the room that they were in. (laughs) It was amazing. And here's the next best part about this whole thing. And again, I'm not going to go on and on about the house. Oh, one more thing I got to go on and on about, though. The, The theater... I've seen some people have man caves, okay? I've even seen people have things they call home theaters where there where there'll be a giant TV and some nice furniture and there. These people had a literal miniature movie theater in their house. I'm talking about the exact recliners that they have at the movie theater and a screen that was larger than any screen I've ever seen in anyone's house ever. It was not a TV. It was a projector screen. I mean, holy cow, this house was nice. Here's the next part. Ready? Now, I'm not going to go on and on anymore about the house. I want to tell you about the people a little bit. not going to say their names. I am going to leave that private. I bet you if you're a good enough sleuth, you can figure it out. But I, uh, I, I feel like I, you know, I, des- I owe them not, not saying their names because they just, um, they're just such sweet people, such good people, nice everything. The home was so wonderful. They made a great donation to theater, to Jiva. And on top of that, they were the nicest people in the entire freaking world. And I've said that a million times, and I may have said that on this podcast. People who want you to think they're rich act rich. They act rich, and they're dicks sometimes. People who are actually rich are the nicest people in the world, usually. (laughs) 
And that was these people. These people were the kindest people, I want to say, I've ever... Now, here's the thing. I've done a million of these dinners. 99% of the people I've done a dinner for have been very kind, very nice, very sweet. This is not to take anything away from anyone I've ever done a dinner for, because I've had not even one single experience where the people were cruel, and I've had maybe one or two experiences where they weren't like overly nice. Everyone's always overly nice, but these people took the cake. These people were the nicest and sweetest people I have ever done a dinner for. And um, just wonderful, amazing people. Wait a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest star on the podcast, Leo Guglielmo. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Leo, can you, real quick, um, we're skipping later in the podcast here, but can you tell, can you come here real quick? Can you tell us, who did you have breakfast with yesterday? Santa. You did? What did you ask Santa for? Here, come here so you can talk right into this. The Bobby Dream Campbell. And? Uh, and the Beast Lab. Nice, dude. And did Santa tell you you were on the nice or the naughty list? The nice. The nice list. Good, buddy. Oh, my God. It was such a good. We'll get to that in a second. Where I'm trying to go in chronological order. Anyway, the nicest people in the world. The last thing I want to tell you about this this dinner, because this is the game I've been playing all week, is I've been telling people about this house. Is um, and you're seeing it, right? I mean, pool pool house, guest house on the property. <laughs> like, just what do you think they do? What do they do for a living? What's their? What is their? Um, where'd they get the money? I asked them both. Did you grow up rich? Nope. Nope. What did they do? They got them that much money because the answer is always so much more normal than you would think. They develop medical technology. They're both entrepreneurs. They both own businesses. And they, for the most part, and I'm I'm oversimplifying this a bit, but for the most part, they developed medical technology. I think he told me that between the two of them, they own something like 95 patents on some of the medical technology that's being used in doctors' offices and hospitals all over the world today. Uh, That's it. Develop medical technology. And that, you know, that's that's just, God, amazing. Anyway, um, here's a quick little plug. I Then I, I the next day, just to kind of go through things quickly, I had a call for the Chocolate Ball, which is coming up in April. They are doing a holiday package for the Chocolate Ball um, this year, and it uh, it is for EPI. Uh, it goes to benefit um, aid against, oh, sorry. I'm down in the basement. I love you. Are you going up with mommy? <coughs> no. Okay. You want to stay here? Yeah. Okay. You can stay here and do the podcast with me. I think that's a good idea. I think it's a really good idea. You going to help me make sauce later, too? No, thanks. Okay. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff to do. Oh, you got a lot to do? What's on your to-do list today? I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, anyway, chocolate ball, the other thing we're looking for is participants. So if you would like to make a chocolate cake this year for chocolate ball, there are two categories. One is professional and one is amateur or beginner. And so don't be intimidated if you're just like a home baker. There is a category for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, we would love to have you. Just Google chocolate ball, EPI, EPI. Okay, so um, the next thing, let me take back a look at my notes is uh thursday so on thursday i have a work dinner that's been scheduled by someone else not me um oh i mean i scheduled it but i let them pick the restaurant i should say and they've chosen a restaurant called red fideli's brook house and ladies and gentlemen 
I have lived 16 years in Rochester. I have been very aware of Red Fidelis Brookhouse the entire time I've been in Rochester. But for one reason or another, I just have never been. It, I just, I missed somehow. I just, I missed it. Never went. Never caught an invite. Never made an invite. Just always lived on the other side of town. And I don't know what the excuse is. Just never had a chance to go to Red Fidelis. So finally. Um, a guy that I'm going to have a dinner with says, how about Red Fidelis? And I go, yes. I go, this is my week, man. I'm like, yes, Delmonico's, Red Fidelis, Velvet Belly. Like, this is my week. So uh, I go to Red Fidelis, have a great work mommy. meeting. Um, not gonna t- Leo, Daddy's recording a podcast. Can you go upstairs and see Mommy? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I love you. Um, I go upstairs. Uh, go upstairs. Jeez, now I'm all confused. I go to Red Fidelis. Um, we don't have a reservation. This is my fault. This is my meeting, right? I let him pick the restaurant, but it's my meeting, and I didn't choose a restaurant, guys. And this is, I deserve to be slapped on the wrist for this. I underestimated it. I just thought, you know, Italian restaurant in Greece, very popular. People love it. But on a Thursday night at 5 o'clock, and again, we're eating at 5, so we're eating a little bit early. Well, on Thursday at 5 o'clock, do I need reservations? Probably not, right? I'm fine. Wrong. That joint was freaking packed. Even at 5 o'clock, we got there. But where we lucked out is the bar. Nice size bar. We sit at the bar to get a drink. We're waiting for him to call table. Bartender says, why don't you just eat here? Truth is, we're pretty comfortable sitting there at the bar. So I'm like, yeah, I'll eat at the bar. You know, no problem. I don't mind eating at the bar. So we end up eating at the bar. I had the, uh, uh, we had the calamari, fried calamari, which is very good. Oh, we have another guest star on today's podcast. Say hello, Ryan Guglielmo. Oh, good morning. Hey, Ryan, I'm skipping ahead here, but would you like to give a review of Velvet Belly? It was delicious. Mommy. It was really good, wasn't it? Mommy. It was fantastic. So I chose the basement to do my podcast because I could be alone, and suddenly my entire family's in the basement, so here we go. Um, anyway, uh, I had the, we had the fried calamari, which we split. The thing I liked about the fried calamari was there was a, a specific crunch to it. That I felt like you don't always get. Now, fried calamari is relatively an easy dish, so I don't want to give it too much credit. But what I do like is they mixed a ton of peppers and olives in there. There was a lot of flavor in that thing that came from anything other than the calamari. And if I do squid for Christmas Eve, that's what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to incorporate the kind of the way Red Fidelis did. Just way more peppers and olives. A lot of times I'll throw them in there, but they're almost more like garnishes or just a tiny bit of flavor. I'm hoping rubs off onto the calamari. But in their case, it was part of the meal. You're just shoveling, you know, forkfuls of pepper in your mouth. Um, then for your appetizer, you choose super salad. Um, love me a good salad, but I'm always going to pick soup in a situation like that. Hi, Leo. Leo has his own microphone now. Um, but I'm always going to pick soup in a situation like that. So, so did you guys need anything right now? Or do you want me to go upstairs and you guys stay down here? Okay. All right. It's a, it's a pretty big house, and they've chosen the exact corner that I'm sitting in to come and hang out in. Okay. Uh, the, the, the salad is the option I would normally... Cho- oh. He's talking into his microphone right now, and actually, if you could see it, it's the cutest thing in the world. Because he's, he's seeing me talk into a microphone. <laughs> so he went and found his own microphone, and he's talking... Oh my god, that was actually really adorable. <laughs> oh, so cute. Um, okay, I got to get back on track here. So I'm always going to order soup in that situation because that's going to require a little bit more 
I want to see your skill. Let's see your soup, right? Soup's not a hard thing to make, but still, I'm going to choose it over salad if it's my first time at your restaurant. So I go with chicken pastina. Loved it. Love me a good Italian chicken soup. Give me chicken broth with noodles, chicken in it, and like some peppers. and so- Oh, I'm always down for that. I love me a good chicken pastina. For the uh, meal, I order the uh, veal fideli, or maybe it's veal alla fideli which is eggplant and veal parm with pasta, of course. So this gives me the chance. What did I tell you my rule is? Italian restaurant, first time, got to have the red sauce. So it gives me a chance to get some red sauce over pasta and, of course, try the veal and eggplant parm, all of which I thought was very, very good. Um, The guy that I was with got the lasagna, and that looked amazing as well. He said he's never got – that's what he ordered years ago, and he's never gone back. It's just always been there for him. So – uh, really good experience at Red Fidelis. Highly recommend. Would go back. Too many damn good restaurants in Rochester, to be honest with you. That's the problem. You go to all these restaurants, it's a great restaurant, I'd go back. But you only go to a restaurant, you know, for me, and I go a lot. I probably only go to a restaurant once every few weeks. There's only so many ch- restaurants I can go to in a year, you know? It's just, that sucks. That's the bad part. Um, then I wanted to talk about something still food-related, but not restaurant-related, and that is what I did on Friday, which was... I was invited to be part of a roundtable at Cornell University in Geneva um, with the deputy secretary of the USDA. Now, this is I'm going to go through this pretty quickly because I don't expect this to be interesting to you. But to me, USDA and New York State Eggs and Markets are a big deal because that's who governs us at Kraft Cannery. We basically fall into – we have four people or four entities – that sort of govern us, grant us the licenses uh, and the permits to do what we do. The first being New York State Department of Agriculture and Markets. The commissioner of New York State Eggs and Markets was there in this roundtable, Richard Ball. Sat two people away from him, shook his hand, got a selfie with him, the whole deal. You know, I'm on, I think at this point he's seen me at Grow New York a couple of times. Um, I even got his card, got his number, like really, really just a cool connection to have. I'm really excited. Also at this, uh, the the other, God, I'm skipping all over the place, sorry. The four entities that rule us are New York State Department of Agriculture, FDA, which rules everybody. FDA kind of is the overlord of all. Um, We've only had one FDA inspection since I've owned Kraft Cannery. And prior to that, trying to look through records from the best I can tell, the old Permac, which is the business that me and my partner purchased and turned into Kraft Cannery, had only had one in the prior six years as well. So you don't see a lot of FDA inspections. We did have the one, and it was, from what I understand, there's different types of FDA inspections. And what we had was actually the day before we left for our cruise back in January. That was a hell of a parting gift, right? Go through an FDA inspection on your last day before you leave for vacation. Because they're not planned, by the way. (laughs) They're surprises. Um, It was fine. It It was like a really intense eggs and markets Uh, inspection, right? The third entity that governs us is the USDA because we process meat. Now, they wouldn't be in our business if it wasn't for the meat thing, but because we do meat, Bolognese sauces, Sunday sauces, and Rochester-style meat sauces and that kind of stuff, um, we do have USDA. And then the fourth thing is something called GFSI, Global Food Safety Initiative, and we fall under a bucket of that called SQF, Safe Quality Food. That is actually an optional bucket to fall under. That's an optional uh, entity to have govern you, but it's an extra sort of layer. It's a third-party audit, and it gives you the ability to do a lot more uh, uh, business if you have an SQF certification. So 
in this round table, I've got the director of uh, eggs and markets, right? There's several people from Cornell, a couple graduate students, a couple other uh, business owners got to meet Lillian, the owner of Bully Hill Winery, which was really, really cool because she's just a badass in her own right and very highly well-respected. Um, but then also is this woman, um, and her name is impossible for me to pronounce, but she is the deputy secretary of the USDA, which makes her the number two in charge at the USDA in the entire country, in the entire country. I got to meet the number two person for the USDA. She had security, guys. She had security in like a car detail. She had two people with her in suits, big people that I think were going to whoop my ass if I got too close to her. I did get a selfie, though, which was kind of cool. But anyway, I got to be part of a roundtable, and really all that meant was the the point of the roundtable was um, she wanted to know her question, her topic, what she threw out to us was, what can the USDA do to help small and medium-sized farms um, uh, do more business, basically? Have have more sustainable futures um, grow? And, and, you know, what can we do to make sure that some small and medium-sized farms are around forever? Because some of the larger farms that have big contracts with the big brands are doing just fine. They're running like businesses, big, big businesses, churning out a lot of product, making money. But what about our small farms that are right down the road? What can we do to sustain those? And so everyone kind of got to talk a little bit. Lillian, by the way, the owner of Bully Hill, Bully Hill, I thought had a really interesting point where she said, and she's closer to the farmers than I am, but she said, look, the, the young generation doesn't want to farm. The, the problem a lot of these farmers, especially the small farmers are having, is that their kids, as they come of age, they just want nothing to do with being farmers for the rest of their life. So how are we going to convince these kids to keep these farms open? For me, I said it just comes down to capital. I said it, I think the small farms can't compete always on produce because, you know, I, there's beautiful garlic being grown around my plant. There's beautiful onions being grown around my plant. I can't buy them because I can't afford to put labor on peeling garlic for hours and hours and hours or peeling and chopping and cleaning onions or any other produce for that matter for hours and hours. I mean, I can't hire a full produce team. We just can't take on that kind of expense. It would make us not competitive from a pricing standpoint to have an entire team of people just just preparing produce. So that my thought was I said just, you know, if if you find a a small farmer and there's plenty of them in, in this area, who are just brilliant at garlic. Like, can we get the USDA to just get them a grant for ten, fifteen thousand dollars and get them whatever equipment is necessary so they can peel and clean their garlic so that they can sell peeled clean garlic? Because all of a sudden, if that's on the market, I'd pay a couple extra bucks for some locally grown garlic. I think that would be amazing to have that in our products. Um, and I, again, I want to just point out, I'm not necessarily speaking only on behalf of Guglielmo's here. This is me speaking more as a co-packer. So across all the brands that we produce for, I would love to give more sourcing options and to have local be one of those options. Hey, would you like to use local garlic, local onions, local peppers? I think that'd be great. It's just that the small farms aren't able to really send us prepared produce and we really aren't able to do the preparing of the produce ourselves either because in manufacturing, so much is tied up in speed and like how fast and efficiently can you do things? So... Um, and then after the Cornell Roundtable, I did have a nice Friday night, got to come home and be with my family Friday, woke up Saturday morning and went to breakfast with Santa, as you already heard my son's review, at the Sunshine Camp, Rochester Rotary Sunshine Camp down in Rush. 
Uh, it was a beautiful event, and uh, we had a really good time. Came home, couple down hours again, and then headed out to uh, Velvet Belly last night for dinner. And this is the final review I'll give you of restaurants for the week. I Last night, Velvet Belly, restaurant that uh, I had not been to yet, had tried twice. Velvet Belly, I think we had a reservation for in like early 2021. I want to say it was maybe my birthday, 2021, early in the year. Mar- I'm, my birthday's in March. And um, I caught COVID, or my wife did. One of us did. And it was that time when it was, you know, still where, like, if you had COVID, you had to, like, quarantine for 10 days. And I want to say Velvet Belly was, like, the eighth or ninth day. And we had these reservations, and we had to freaking bust them. And it sucked. And I remember, always remember that as being like, damn it. Because I think it was back when Velvet Belly was still relatively new. Or I don't remember when they opened. Don't, don't quote me on that. Then there was a second time we were supposed to meet the couple we had dinner with last night. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, I think that got canceled too. If I'm being honest, I think that was a cancellation on our end again. Um, and then finally last night, we had this dinner, and it was with this couple uh, that we were supposed to. It's actually really good friends of ours, Abby and Vic. Um, Abby and Ryan have been friends for years and years. They went to college together. They actually went to high school together from Fairport, but I think they got tight in college and have just been tight ever since. Vic, by the way, has become a friend of mine as well. I, you know, I unfortunately, I think I'm too goddamn busy in life. I don't have a lot of actual friends, but uh, Vic, um, Vic is the uh, really remarkable guy. Just a, uh, he's a lawyer. Um, and he is the actually incoming Brightontown Justice. So he's about to be sworn in on January 1st. And he is a, a Sikh man. He is an Indian man. And he will be the first Sikh ever elected into a judicial seat in New York State. I learned that last night. By the way, <laughs> kind of speaking of, we're sitting at the, the, the booth talking. And, you know, occasionally might venture into some local politics when we're sitting there talking. And and Vic is just going on and on about Jeremy Cooney and how much he likes Jeremy Cooney. And freaking five feet, sitting five feet from us at the bar is Jeremy Cooney. Like, literally, I didn't spot him either. Vic's the one who eventually spotted him. But Vic's just saying all the, thank God he's saying all the nicest things about Jeremy Cooney. He's saying all the nicest things about Jeremy Cooney. Literally, after that, looks over his right shoulder and goes, wait a second, you got to be kidding me. Speak of the devil. And I'm like, holy cow, he's just, he's sitting right there. He's, he's sitting so close. He might've heard us talking, you know? And again, like I said, thank God it was all good. Anyway, food review for Velvet Belly. Um, everything was good. And I mean, I'm telling you, I am telling you right now that the conversations were had, not only at our table, but between me and my wife last night. Is this the best meal we've ever had in Rochester? Now, it's, it's you know, heavy seafood, but you can go there and not eat seafood. They have some options that aren't seafood. But for the most part, it's, it's centered around seafood. And I got to tell you, the flavor, every single dish we had had a uniqueness to it and a flavor to it that was out of this world. And I do want to tell you this. The, 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 uh, the, I can't really kind of go through everything we had. I'll try and rattle off as much because we just did small plates. And that's something I love. I love a restaurant that just does small plates for the table. That's the style of eating I like the best is family style. Let us order like eight different things and we'll all just pick at everything. I love that, and that's what we did. So I remember we had, the, we had a sushi roll. We had um, sushi nachos. We had... Oh, what else do we have? We had scallops. We had the lobster risotto. We had the uh, truffle lasagna. We had white truffle lasagna. Yeah, that was good. Veal white truffle lasagna. Very rich, but very good. Oh, what else did we have? I'm missing a few things. Um, 
I'm probably not going to remember, but the, I'm missing a few dishes. But everything we had was just excellent, uh, just so so good. Oh, we had calamari too. Had some squid. It was a grilled squid in a sauce. It was just unreal. Dessert too. Oh, we just everything, everything. Espresso martinis. Oh, everything. Like I said, it was kind of a lot. I actually poured my first iron smoke and ginger ale before I left my house. I had a couple of those went. My wife uh, has sworn off drinking for a little while. It is not what you think. It is not what you think. She's not pregnant. She just, on Monday at her grandfather, remember I told you about Delmonico's? <clears throat> yeah, there was open bar there. And my wife had cousins and siblings in town that she doesn't see that often. And let's just say my wife had herself a hell of a Monday. So she's like, I'm not drinking for a little while. So I was all me last night. So I had a DD, which was nice. And a couple of whiskeys before I went, a couple of whiskeys before we sat down at our table, a couple of whiskeys at the table, a couple of glasses of champagne. espresso martini and then the bartender brought over a shot of iron smoke at the very very end so yeah anyway it was quite a night that's why i said when i popped out of bed this morning at six like i'm gonna do a podcast and start making sauce i even surprised myself a little bit with that so great meal velvet belly just through the roof i mean god i i can't even explain how good that stuff was Okay, so that's it for the week and the food. Just a big food episode. I appreciate you. A couple just really quick other things. Browns and the Bills today, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right here. I'm going to say it right out loud. Must wins for both. I think for the Bills, that's obvious. The Bills have the Chiefs and the Cowboys next two weeks. Bills really need to win a lot of games in a row right now. I think all teams have five games left, right? Bills Bills are in the playoffs easily if they win five games. They are shooing, right, if they win out. If they win four, if they go four and one, I think the Bills have a good chance of making the playoffs. If they go three and two, I think it sort of becomes they're going to need help, right? So they, they really got to they gotta win, and, and beating teams like the Chiefs and the Cowboys is going to give them the confidence they need later in the season to win some of those gimmies they got coming up. They still got Miami the last week, too. So they got three. Three out of their five games are tough games still. I think they have the Jets. In, no, maybe they don't have the Jets. Who else do they have? Ugh, anyway, I think a couple of their games are gimmies, but three out of the five are tough. Browns, by the way, back home today after two in a row losses on the West Coast. That was the other thing. Browns played Sunday night. I was at this calling hour, so I had to miss that. But the uh, Browns lost two games in a row on the West Coast. Now they're back home playing Jacksonville. Um, winnable game, also very losable game. Jacksonville's a good team, so... This is a big test for Cleveland, and unfortunately, I feel that if they were to lose today, that would be three losses in a row, and just, I know my Browns well enough to know, that's the type of shit that'll break you. Browns are in a a similar position to Buffalo. They might have one more game of an advantage. They are, uh, I think the Browns are one game better than Buffalo right now, according to their record. The Browns basically need... If the Browns win out, they'll they'll be a high seed in the playoffs. If they were to go four and one, they're a shoe in. If they go three and two, they have a good chance. Two and three, and they would need help. One and four, and they would blow it. So Browns still need to rack up a couple of wins here and cannot blow it. But um, today's where it all starts. So I really want to say both teams, I think, big, important games today. The reason I call the Browns one a must win is because they can't lose three in a row because then they'll just have all the momentum going against them, right? Uh, A couple other things regarding work, though, because I always like to talk a little work and a little entrepreneurship in here, and that is that I did decide to give the 26th of December off if we hit a certain goal. And I update our goals every single day on a whiteboard outside of the production room as to where we are. 
And we are uh, lucky enough and blessed enough to have reached our annual goal. We're over 100% now on what we wanted to do this year. And uh, actually blowing through it pretty nice to the point where I made it, the new goal is now 120%. I said, if we reach 120% of our annual goal, we will not work on December 26th. So that's the decision I made on that. Um, Also, tough thing this week, I had to let somebody go. Not going to get into the details on that. I don't think it's a good look, but um, always a difficult thing to do. It was the right thing to do. I had people around me. I even, you know, there's a couple of people I trust with these things. Obviously, my business partner. Um, I do talk to my wife about these things. Um, She tends to be a little soft sometimes. Um, And even she, you know, when I explained what was going on with this guy, um, even she was like, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta let him go. Um, nothing to do with food safety. Don't worry. There's nothing like that. Just, uh, just an unreliable person. We'll just put it that way. All right. I love you. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk next week. Thanks.